Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. I hope you are having a wonderful morning. Thanks, Josh, for good hosting. Did a good job there. And uh, just excited about the opportunity to kind of close up this series called Called. But let me just say, first of all, thank you so much for the very kind words, the words of appreciation, the show of appreciation. We are just absolutely privileged. Privileged. And I mean that in every sense of the word that um, we're humbled to be the lead pastors here, humbled to be uh, <clears throat> leading and, and asking you to follow and continuing to, to work with others that are leading as well. And so we're not just one group. Well, I'm not just one person who's trying to accomplish some agenda. Uh, we are a team. We're a family. We're a church. And the Bible's, yeah, we're, we're doing this together. And so thank you very much. And we love you. We pray for you all the time. And just ask God to continue to work in your hearts and lives and circumstances. There's difficult situations in this world today. And uh, we are all living it out. We're all experiencing it together. And let's just continue to live in faith. Because God is never going to fail us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to leave us alone. And he's going to carry us through every circumstance we're going through. I want to encourage you, if you have considered being a leader at Journey, uh, we had a great last Monday night, 15 people showed up for our, our leadership training. And uh, if you, yeah, that's amazing. And this week would be the last week to jump in because there's, it kind of builds on itself. So if you want to jump in, now's the time to do that. Tomorrow night at 6.30 here at the church. And uh, we are meeting upstairs and we'd love to have you there. Uh, even if you're just trying to check it out, see what what might be for you or not for you um, as a leader. And so not everybody's a leader because some of us are followers, amen? And, and that's okay. It, we, we can't lead without followers. And uh, some of us are just are, are here to um, do everything we can to support the leading of the Holy Spirit and the leadership that he provides. So um, if, you're, if you're feeling like, I need to check this out, be, be there tomorrow night at 6.30. Well, we've been in this series called Called, and um, the, I, th- I think it's been made clear that all of us are called. All of us are called out and are challenged to be a part of the body of Christ. We're called to follow. We're called to follow and become more like Jesus Christ. We're called to serve, and we're called to, to give everything we can to serve the needs of others in our community, in our church, and we're called to lead. There are some that are called to lead, called to be leaders in our community. Last uh, week we talk, talked about uh, we're called to tell our story. Everyone has a story. There's no, no, no one can take your story away from you, and your story is the, the, probably the most powerful tool that you have to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because what has happened to you, it, no one can take away from you. And Jesus become real to you. Jesus is real. And, and when we share that story, it makes a huge difference. And then today, I'm going to talk about being called to make disciples. And actually, I, I titled this a little different, um, called to grow up. Called to grow up. Do you ever have a dream about when I grow up? You know, I'm 61 years old. I'm still saying that. When I grow up. One of these days, um, I, I just remember 
first of all, let's, let's, let's understand this. Making disciples is the legacy of the church. If we don't make disciples, the church doesn't carry on. The church doesn't keep going. If we don't make disciples, if we don't help people find Jesus, grow in Christ and become more like him and have a committed function to live further into the future, then the church will die. And actually, that's what's happening today. The church is dying. The church is declining, especially in America. And the shame of that is that there is not a generation of people that are carrying the cross, that are carrying the message, that are carrying the gospel into the future generations. That's why we're so committed to children. That's why we're so committed to youth. Is because if we don't disciple there, we won't have disciples in the future. There won't be a church in the future. And so the legacy of the church is, is essential that we make disciples. But in order to make disciples, we have to accept the responsibility to mature or to grow up. That's hard. That's hard. I remember um, the first time uh, I heard that I was going to have, my wife and I were going to have children. Um, Karen said, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh. That poor child. <laughs> that poor child. I didn't feel equipped. I didn't feel capable. I didn't feel like anything that I had was going to make a difference in this little baby's life. And poor Stephanie was going to be born uh, to, to me, to us. And, and I had every confidence in Karen, but not myself. I didn't have this model of parenting that helped me understand exactly how to do it. I didn't have this model of discipleship even. And, and, and I'm like, oh, no. And if I were to tell you right now that you have a baby Christian that you're responsible for, what would you feel like? Would you feel like me where I'm like, oh, no, there's no way I feel bad for these people that are coming into into their childhood in in relationship with Christ because I don't I'm not equipped I'm not prepared but the Bible is clear that we are responsible to make disciples to make grown-up children in Christ so that the, the the gospel gets carried into the future so that people continue to multiply and we continue to grow our, our church and we can continue to grow more importantly the kingdom and we must take that on as a responsibility of our own. Here's the, the, the thread or the theme that we've been talking about throughout this entire series. That called people live with singular focus, an unwavering resolve to accomplish a mission. Called people live with a singular focus, an unwavering resolve to accomplish a mission. You and I are called to the mission of making disciples. It's called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, the mountain, uh, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, and this, of course, he's in his resurrected state now. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This was a commandment. This was a commissioning. We call it the great commission. We call it the great moment when Jesus gave the mission to the church. 
and said, this is the mission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Many of us stop there because we're, we're good with just saying, if we could just get them saved, that's enough. But shame on me if, if Karen and I said, if we could just get her born, that's enough. Right? Out comes the baby. Okay, we're done. Wah, wah, wah. You know, and craziness happens and all this poop happens. All, you know, all this stuff is going on. And all of a sudden she starts growing up. And all of a sudden she starts taking on the characteristics of her parents. And starting to see and, and say the things that we say and see. And all like, ah! Verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That is the part that we sometimes ignore. We're, we get all happy about go and make disciples. Yes, let's, let's spend money on, on missionaries and make sure they go and make disciples. Let's, let's pay the pastor. It's okay to pay the pastor and, and make sure he makes disciples. We're going to get to the nitty-gritty because it's not the missionaries. It's not just the pastor. It's everyone whose commission is to make disciples. It's everyone. It's not just you. It's, it's not just me. It's not just the missionary overseas. It's not just the, the parachurch ministries that are out there evangelizing. It's all of us. All of us together are called to make disciples to have baby Christians as a responsibility of ours, as a gift of ours, as we call our children. We call them the gift of God, right? If you have a teenager, you're kind of wondering about that. But <clears throat> junior high or special? No. Yeah. Discipleship is described as a change in behavior as a result of instruction. Discipleship is described as a change in behavior as a result of instruction. Another uh, definition is discipleship is not just the transfer of information, it, but also comes with the expectation of the transformation of one's lifestyle. So as we teach our children, we expect them to begin to change their behavior. Eventually, they get out of diapers, and we hope and pray that they will start using the facilities. Right? We hope and pray that as we put food in front of them, that no longer are we spoon-feeding them, but they're spoon-feeding themselves. And right now we have several grandkids that are at the stage of spoon-feeding themselves, but often missing. And we have vacuums and carpet cleaners and all kinds of things to take care of that, right? But eventually you hope that they keep it at least on the table. And then hopefully that's not even a big deal anymore. And that's becoming part of the process. It's, it's, it's about growing up. And the first question I think we have to ask is, are, are we grown up? Like, have I gotten to that point where I'm self-sufficient, where I'm taking care of myself, where I'm feeding myself, where I'm, I'm, I'm a grown-up now? I'm mature? That's a big question in the church today. Because we have to understand that in order for us to make disciples, we do have to be mature. Otherwise, our kids aren't going to mature. If we're not mature, and you're like going, oh, no. 
You know, I, I have to come to my daughters sometimes and say, I did the best I could. <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't get it all, but you got the best I had, you know. And I hope you can learn from some others, you know. Here's some good advice from other, other people. And I always think there's great, it's great to have a whole bunch of voices speaking and good voices speaking into our kids. Discipleship is an act of maturity. It's an act of growing up. It's an act of being grown up. It means that we're willing to take on the responsibility of helping a baby Christian become an adult Christian. And helping them begin to feed themselves. Helping them to act in a, uh, a manner in which we become more like Christ every day. And if we're in that process, if we're in that helpful process of helping our kids, helping our grandkids become like Jesus, then we are discipling. And we're taking what we have, what we know, what we understand, and we're be making little disciples. And this is why we believe in, in, in the context of our church, we partner with parents to disciple your children. We're not the sole discipleship source. Parents are. And we're the supplement to that. We're the vitamins, if you will, to just helping and giving tools and supporting parents in their parenting experience. But we must we must be committed to bringing up little disciples. So what does maturity look like? Maturity looks like this. It looks like we can feed ourselves. It looks like we're able to steward resources. We're able to take what's given to us and take good care of it. I'm amazed at people who are really super tidy and neat and clean and uh, keep everything organized. My father-in-law was this guy, and he, he stewarded his resources very well, and, but um, like two extremes. Like he would wax the gutters on the house. Yeah, that's for real. He had, you'd look in his engine compartment in his car, and it, it looked original. It looked like it just came off the, the showroom floor. Um, don't look at my engine compartment. We're capable of relating well to others. We know how to treat people well. We know how to love people. Capable of procreating, making babies. Capable of raising kids and bringing kids up and capable of releasing well-raised kids into the world to repeat the process. That's maturity. That's what it looks like. And if we're not in that process, if we're not somewhere along that, that, that line of growing up and becoming mature and taking people, where, taking uh, kids, young Christians into our world, then we aren't doing exactly what God has called us to do, which is go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We love that part. And teaching them to obey. Giving them the information they need to transform themselves into the image of Christ. I think it's critical that we understand that we must be grown-ups. The challenge today is, is not just to make disciples. I was a little worried about some of uh, us, us that have been in the church for a long time, and I'm also worried about those that have, are maybe kicking the tires of faith. It's not just, hey, let's go and make disciples, but what does it mean for us to do that? What does it mean for us? What do we have to be to do that? And, and you might look at yourself, and where I don't want to go today is, is go, 
um, until I'm the perfect Christian, I can't disciple. Because how many of us were perfect parents or perfect people when we had kids? Yeah, me, me neither. You know, I, and I remember being a youth pastor, and I didn't have kids at the time. And these parents were coming to me for advice, which was a bad thing to do in the first place. I'm a youth pastor. I know a little bit about the culture of kids, but parenting kids, and I had to go back to some of those parents and apologize. Because my, all my ideas were like idealistic and theoretical and hypothetical, but I wasn't giving them good advice. I was just giving them you know, thoughts. And um, now that I, I've had kids and all those kinds of things, now I could give you a little bit of advice. Um, not sure that would still be good. Although my kids are amazing. They've turned out great. The development of Christ-like character and behavior in the Christian is through a renewed mind and a tested faith. Do you hear that? The development of a Christ-like character and behavior of a, in the Christian world is through a renewed mind, if we get a renewed mind and have a tested faith, then that is growing up. That's maturing. That's the process of maturing. Renewing our minds and realizing we have a, a tested faith. And when we get to that point, we are able to make disciples because we have something new in our hearts to share with our kids, our, our, our new Christian kids, and we are, are tested. We're, we're living a life that's not theoretical anymore. We're living a life that's not just idealistic, but it's, it's realistic. And so when you have those two experiences going together, now you have something to share, right? You can say, I, I've gone through that. I know what you're feeling. And so the whole goal is to become like Jesus. One of our strategy words, we have a strategy here at Journey, and it's, it's to... Um, <clears throat> To meet like we're doing right now, every Sunday we meet and we meet for inspiration. Hopefully every weekend you come and you're inspired to live for Jesus and become like him. That's the goal. And then we, we uh, model. We model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus. That's the strategy. And then we mingle. We mingle in groups to grow and, and to experience life and share life together and to grow in Christ. And then we merge. We merge into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And when we do those four things, that's the strategy of our church. It's simple. It keeps us just focused. We don't do anything else but those things. And when we do that, we are growing up in our faith. And, and the model part of that is exactly what this is about. We have to model our lives after Jesus. And when we do that, we are able to make disciples. Now, Ephesians chapter 4 gives us a very clear job description of the church not just of pastors not just of missionaries but of the church and and here is the description in ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 so christ gave christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that's like the clearest job description for my position here my job is to equip the people for works of service so that, and anytime there's a so that, I encourage you to always, always highlight that because what that means is it's giving the interpretation or the meaning of what was just said. So we, we equip people for works of service so that something can be accomplished so the body of Christ, that's you and me all together together, 
may be built up so that we grow up and so that we continue to increase. So that we grow up. So that the body of Christ, you and me, may be built up, encouraged, growth, mature, until we all reach unity in the faith. Unity in the faith. That means that we're all believing in the same Jesus, the same purpose that he's given us, the same direction. It does not say so that we all reach uniformity in the faith. It's unity in the faith. Uniformity is different. That means that we're all going to dress alike, all going to look alike, impossibility, wrong. It shouldn't happen that way. It becomes a legalistic church when you, when you require uniformity. But when you say we're in unity, that means that our diversity is all going in the same direction. Trying to accomplish the same purpose. But our diversity is what makes us effective and unique. Amen? Amen. And, and that diversity is essential. And when we get that, we're, we're on the right path. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Here's the learning part of it. If we're not learning more about Jesus every day, then we are not being discipled. We are not growing up. It's our food. Our food is to know who Jesus is. And when we get that food and when we continue to ingest and digest and meditate and, and absorb everything that Jesus has for us to know about him, then we become more like him and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is really powerful. And, and so, <clears throat> let's read it all in one, in one sweep. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That whole measure of the fullness of Christ is so that we become like Him. And we are walking on this planet just as if Jesus was walking on this planet. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in us. We know and understand who He is. And we then translate all that knowledge into behavior. And that behavior becomes Jesus to this community. That's what a disciple is. It's powerful. And then Paul goes on to make this argument to the Ephesians. He says, then we will no longer be infants. Notice he's referring back to the whole idea of maturity. We're not supposed to stay like kids. We're not supposed to say, oh, I'm, I, I need someone to feed me. I need someone to, can, can you make some oatmeal and then spoon feed me, please? Can you make some pureed peaches so I can just enjoy something that I don't have to chew on? And can you put it in my mouth for me and... and there are some Christians like that. And I'm, 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 if you're offended by this, what I'm about to say, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I can't apologize for it. But if you're a church hopper because you're not being fed, that means you're not growing up. If you're at a church, and I understand that there are some places where you just get a little, little niblets of, of that pureed stuff, and maybe that's not hitting your heart, and I, I, I might get that and understand that if that's what's being fed. But if, if you're just not capable of feeding yourself and you've been in the faith for a while, you're not growing up. 
Because this is what, look what it says. Then, you will, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We can't be blown around. If you're being blown around by your lack of depth, lack of ability to feed yourself, lack of ability to, to be a, a, a mature Christian, you are still a child, but you, you, you're underdeveloped at this point. And I know that's harsh. I know that, but it, we have to hear it and we have to embrace it because our goal is to grow up. Our goal is to be mature in Christ, to take on the full, whole measure of the fullness of Jesus. That means that every day we are becoming more and more like him. And when we are more and more like him, we do what he did. And he had 12 disciples. He had 120 disciples. He had thousands of disciples. And as a result, you and I have to have the same thing. We have to be willing to embrace the responsibility of maturity. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. We will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body. Do you see what Paul's doing with the Ephesians? He's saying, the expectation is not that you remain like children, but that we grow up. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. Grows and builds itself up in love. As each part does its work. You see how it belongs to all of us? You see how growing up belongs to you and to me? And all of us together become this body that is multiplying. Why? Because we are making disciples. We are becoming more like Christ ourselves and we have those experiences and that knowledge to share with those that are coming up. Those that are becoming new Christians, those, the, the, the children, the youth, all of, those pe- all of those opportunities to make disciples are part of our responsibility to grow up. And if we don't grow up, we will be tossed like, like the, by the waves and the wind. I don't know about you, but I've had journeys in, in, in part of my faith experience where I was like lost and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I, didn't, I wasn't ingesting enough to, to have any kind of roots in the ground. And as a result, I was being tossed by the wind. I was being tossed by the waves. And as a result, I didn't have any control of my life. My faith was empty. My, my life was being drawn. Whatever interests I had, it, because I didn't have any roots. But as soon as I put those roots down, as soon as I was told, hey, Ricardo, you need to get more involved in your experience with Jesus Christ. Stop listening to all these people. Stop listening to all these things and start reading your Bible. Start understanding who Jesus is. Start studying the Bible, not just reading the Bible. And when you do, you're going to go into this place where now you understand who Jesus is, what your purpose is, what your direction is, and all these kinds of things that that understanding who Jesus is helps. And then we become more and more like the Jesus that he wants us to be and we grow up. My challenge to you today, to all of us, 
is where are you in your faith? Where are you in your growth process? Where are you in the maturity path that you're on? If you're not contributing somehow to the growth of other believers, and that doesn't have to necessarily be you're a teacher or you're an apostle or you're a prophet or you're a pastor. You can just be contributing to the health and growth of the church. You can be a volunteer. You can be involved. But if you're not involved at all, that's like staying at home and doing nothing. That's like staying at home and doing nothing. That's like just wanting to be entertained the whole time and watching Netflix all day long. If there's nothing going on in your heart and in your mind, in your spirit, and in, in, in your actions and behavior, then is, that, is growth really, has it really happened in your life? And I think the challenge this morning is simply this, is that we have to know that we are not being tossed back and forth by CNN or Fox News or any other influence in this world. We are being influenced most importantly by Jesus. That we are taking responsibility for the, the children, the, the, the new Christians, the young believers, and helping them become more like Christ every day. Are we a part of the disciple-making process? Now, there's three things that I think are critical to growth and critical to maturity, and this is where we'll land. And that's how do we mature? How do we grow up? The first one is learn. There must be a commitment to learning. There must be a commitment to, to, to em, embracing who Jesus is. If we're not reading our Bible, if we're not in a group that helps us understand Jesus more, if we're not in a group that helps us understand relationships more because relationships help us understand how Jesus works and operates, then we're, we're lost. But if we're not learning, if we're not embracing who Jesus is by learning who he is, the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have to embrace scripture and make it something that we ingest and digest every day, every week, every moment of our lives. We're somehow embracing what Jesus is teaching us through scripture. The second thing that we need to grow is we need to act in faith. We need to exercise our gifts. First Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We need to do things for Jesus. If we're not doing anything, and it doesn't mean we're doing things to earn our salvation. We can't do that. That's not what we do. We don't do things to earn salvation. That's a free gift. That's work that was done on the cross. The resurrection is our promise. Our hope is in Jesus forever. And all those kinds of things are wrapped up in freedom and it doesn't cost us a thing. But what does cost us is a responsibility to act in faith, to do something for Jesus. And if we're, if we're stagnant, if we're doing nothing, if we're not involved in the church, if we're not involved in ministry, if we're not involved in connecting with people in, in, in the name of the Lord, and we're not doing things in faith, then there's no muscles being exercised that are required to do what God has called us to do for the works of service. And so we need to act in faith. And last, lastly, we need to persevere. We need to hang in there. Trials come our way. James 1.20 one uh, verse two says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Trials are tests. They're not necessarily a result of you doing something wrong or having sin in your life. Sometimes Jesus is just going to bring things that are tough and difficult along your way so that your, te- your faith can be tested. I've, I was a welder when I came out of high school, and one of the most important things was to have as few defects or as uh, no defects in your weld. And uh, I got certified, and I had to weld a piece of metal together, and then they cut that piece of metal and bent it in a press to see if it would break because if it, it would break if there were defects in it. And it was, they were just testing it. And testing shows our, weakness, our, our weaknesses. It shows where our, the, the chinks in our, in our, are in our armor. And if we don't embrace the tests, if we don't persevere through them, then we will get lost. And we will be pushed around like the waves of the sea, by the waves of the sea and, and the wind of the, the, the storms. And we, we must persevere I love what this passage says. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That means we have to stick it out. We have to keep going. We have to keep our hearts in, in, in focus on Jesus because no matter what we go through, no matter what circumstance we face, we can grow from it and become more mature and become more like Christ. I don't like trials. I don't like to be tested. I don't like any of that. But at the end of the day, we must embrace these things because that's what Jesus is going to bring our way to help us grow up in him. How do we mature? We learn, we act in faith, and we persevere. And when we do those things, God is going to bring his glory into our lives. And we're going to make disciples because that's what we're called to do. Amen? Amen? That's what adults do. We follow, we serve, we lead, we tell our story. And we grow up. And we grow up. The legacy of the church is not the building that we build or, or, or maintain. It's not, you know, the, the beauty of the paint on the outside or the logos we create or all of that. It's the people. It's the amount of disciples that we leave behind. That's the legacy. I was at a memorial yesterday and... Um, nobody talked about facilities, cars she drove or... Any of the possessions she had, it was all about the character and the depth of character of this person's life. What I hope and pray someone says of me when I pass away is that he loved Jesus and it came across and he lived it out and he made disciples. He loved his family. He loved, he, he loved his wife. He loved his kids. He loved his grandkids. And he brought Jesus into their lives. Hopefully that's what will be said. What will be said of us as a church? What will be our legacy? Yeah, they had a really nice building over there on Market Street. Or will they say, man, whoever went there became more like Jesus every single day of their lives. That's the goal. Amen? Amen. That's the mission. You're called. I'm not going to ask you if you are called. You are. You're called. Will you answer the call? Will you follow? Will you serve? Will you lead? Will you tell your story? Will you make disciples? 
That's what God is calling us to today. Father God, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you so much that you are building us, you're testing us, you're growing us so that we might be mature and complete and have the whole likeness of Jesus, the fullness of his character, the fullness of everything that you are, Lord, we want in, your, in our lives, we want to grow and be like you. And I pray that as you call the church, as you call Journey Church today, may your Holy Spirit move us to embrace the responsibility of growing and growing up. May we res- embrace the responsibility of making disciples. Lord, it's natural. It's, it's, it's what comes out of being more like you. And I pray that you help us to do everything we can to mature in you. For those of us in this room, Lord, that need to be nudged, that need to be encouraged, that need to be challenged to grow, I pray that that challenge has happened today. That we would be inspired today to be more like you and to to embrace the responsibility of maturity. Lord, that we would embrace the, the responsibility to learn that we would in, embrace that responsibility to persevere. God, that we would embrace everything you have for us so that we can grow in you and become more like you. Help us to grow up, I pray. Help us to make disciples and give us babies, babies in Christ to help grow up. We commit to growing our children. We commit to to helping our our youth grow. And Lord, we commit to every adult that comes and gives their life to Christ so that we can make, help them become more like you every day. That's our commitment to you. Maybe you're here today and you have yet to become a believer in Jesus Christ. In fact, today you're realizing, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's you. We, we would love for you to become a baby Christian today. And we can help you grow. And we're committed, as I've spoken about, to disciple you and to help you become more like Christ. But if you're here today and you have yet to discover or have yet to accept Jesus Christ into your life, I just want to encourage you. The first thing to do is confess and say, Jesus, I'm, I confess I'm a sinner and I've made mistakes that have separated me from you. And I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. And then we repent of those sins. We turn away from them and walk the other way. And then the Bible tells us if we confess that Jesus was raised from the dead, that we will be saved. And that's our hope for eternal life. And then commit to follow him for the rest of your life. If that's you today, will you just pray this simple prayer? Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the mistakes I've made that have separated us. And I pray that you would forgive me right now. And I commit to repent of those sins, to turn away from them and walk the other way more towards you than towards them. And Lord, I believe that you were raised from the dead and that gives me the hope of eternal life, that I will live with you forever. We are no longer separated. I am now a child of the King. I am now a disciple of of you and I'll commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name.
Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.